Good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. What a wonderful worship we've had so far. I hope that God has been pleased. I know that I have certainly enjoyed it and benefited from being here. If you're visiting with us, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. And we are glad that you've taken the time out of your morning and the beginning of your week uh, to come into worship with us. If we can do anything for you uh, during the worship or afterwards or this week or at any time, if we can help you on your journey towards heaven, we want to help you. And we'll probably need your help. And we certainly need each other's help. Uh, we're continuing our series that we're shifting it a little bit on the name of God. Uh, over the next several weeks, starting uh, next week, we'll talk about uh, God the Father next week. Then we'll talk about God the Spirit and we'll talk about God the Son. Uh, and then we'll wrap up this year with our uh, better theme the last Sunday of this month, Lord willing. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about this simple thing. You probably knew it was coming based on the songs that we've been singing this morning. God is love. And that may sound like something that's easy to you. You know, we've sang some wonderful songs and, and uh, had a wonderful prayer and, and focused on God and how, how much he loves us. And, and that is something certainly that, that we, we like thinking about. We enjoy thinking about that. And, and, and it's a good thing, certainly. But, but it is something that sometimes, and you may even think, as we're thinking about God as love this morning, that that can be a, that can be a little fluffy. That can be a little soft. That can be uh, a, a, little, a little too easy. And maybe some of our religious friends, uh, God's love is, is all they focus on. And, but I want you to, to know this morning, and I think as we go through 1 John this morning, if you want to go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 2, uh, we'll be there here in just a few minutes. Uh, as we go through 1 John this morning, the, the fact that God is love is actually one of the most challenging things about Christianity. The fact that the, the God that we serve is love and, and his expectation, therefore, upon those of us who are going to follow him is not an easy thing. It, does, it is a good thing, but it's not an easy thing. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most challenging things about being a follower of God, about being a Christian. So as we walk through this this morning, let's, let's think about a, a number of things that, that make this, this good thing that we love and that so many other people like to th think about and talk about and focus on about God, the fact that he loves us. Uh, let's look at how challenging that actually is. First of all, in 1 John chapter 2, uh, we'll start in verses 15 through 17. If you're not there already, uh, grab a, a Bible in the back of the pew in front of you. That starts on page 1021, 1021. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. God is love, and that means there are some things we cannot love. God is love, and that means there are some things that you and I can't love. It says in 1 John two fifteen, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, Andy, well, okay, Scripture, okay, John, okay, God, what does it mean? How, what, when you say, if I love the world, I don't have the love of the Father, well, I certainly want the love of the Father. What does it mean to love the world? Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, these things are not from the Father, but are from the world. And the world, the world is passing away, and also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. What does it mean to love the world? It says, all that is in the world, and here, here he, God, through John, tells us all that's in the world. Everything that's, that's worldly is wrapped up in these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Don't love those things. Don't love things that make you feel good. The lust of the flesh. Don't love things that make me feel good. But I like feeling good. Don't love those things. Because if you, have those, if you love those things, the love of the Father is not in you. The lust of the eyes. Don't love things that look good. But, but I like things that look good. 
I, I enjoy things that, uh, that are appealing. I enjoy things that, that look like they'll be good. Well, John says, God says, don't love those things because if you love those things, the love of the Father is not in you. The boastful pride of life. Okay, so don't love things that make you feel good. Don't love things that make you look or don't, that look good to you. And then the boastful pride of life, don't love things that make you look good. Now, how many of us like to like to look good, whether that's with what we're dressing or, or, or how, how we're dressing or, or how we uh, perform in, at work or at school or on the ball field? How many of us like to to look good, to look like we know what we're doing, to look like uh, we're successful? All of us do, right? Don't love those things. Don't love the boastful pride of life, because if you love those things, the love of the father is not in you. And again, verse 17, the world and all that is in it, all of its lusts, those things are passing away. But the one who does the will of the father, he will abide forever. So loving God is, is or the love of God or God is love. That's, that's a wonderful thing. But for the follower of God, that means there are some things we can't love. Now, the, the only way for, I can't examine you and know if you have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes or the boastful pride of life. If you love those things, but you can, you can examine yourself. You can look at yourself and see what things am I focusing on? What things am I loving? What things am I paying attention to? And you can know in your life in this moment, whether or not you are doing these things or whether or not you're not. It talks about the love of the father. Well, well, we want to understand, well, what is this love of the father? Turn to chapter three. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. What is this love of the Father? We, we as Christians probably understand that, but, but John describes it beautifully in 1 John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. See how great a love the Father has given to us, that we would be called children of God. And we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been manifested as yet what we will be. But we know that when he is manifested, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who does sin also does lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. So see, see how great a love that God loves us with. It's, it's a love that he, he sent his own son to die for us, that we get to be called children of God. Again, uh, this, is, this is the idea that you and I, as sinful people, as people who have failed, who have fallen short, who have made bad decisions, who have purposefully done wrong things, we have no business in the presence of God. We don't deserve to be there, but not only does God allow us to be there, he calls us his children. Ladies, he looks down and he calls you his daughter. Men, he looks at us and he says, you're my son. We have no business being in the presence of God, having anything to do with God, but he loved us enough to fix the problem of sin through his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross so that you and I could be called sons of God. And did you notice what else there was there? There was an expectation that if you're sons of God, if you're children of God, then you are to purify yourself. So God is love. And that means there's some things we can't love the things of the world, but it also means that we have to purify ourselves. It said that one day we'll be with him and we'll be like him. We'll be with him and we'll be like him. Well, if we want to be with him one day, we've got to start living like him now. And we've got to purify ourselves, removing the lust of the flesh, removing the lust of the eyes, removing the boastful pride of life from our lives. Those things that are contrary to God, contrary to his will, just not the things that God would do. And therefore, the things that we can't do, 
We've got to begin to purify ourselves. Now, we've talked about all kinds of times. We won't do that perfectly, but will we do it faithfully? Will we do it faithfully? When I recognize, hey, this is not something, this in my life, this, this action that I take, this thing that I participate in, this, these people that I hang out with, any, anything, this is not what God would do. This is not what God would want me to do. Do I put forth effort to remove that from my life? God is love and we must purify ourselves because we want to be like him. So there's, there's an application there this morning. God is love. Purify yourself, Christian. There's another application in chapter four, uh, verses seven through 11. Chapter four, verses seven through 11. It says there, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Listen, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, listen, beloved brothers and sisters, family of God, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Go back to chapter three and verse 10. Look at what chapter three and verse 10 says. By this, this love that we have, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifested. Everyone who does, not, who does not do righteousness is not of God, as well as the one who does not love his brother. God is love, and, and that is amazing and wonderful, and we love that, and we, we love digging into that, and we love songs about it, and we, we love the, the feel-good side of that, and it does feel good, but hey, don't love things that feel good. Love things that are real. Love things that are true. And God is love and that comes with some responsibility that comes with some, some expectation that there are some things that we can't love and, and we've got to purify ourselves. And, and part of being like God and loving like God and, and being who God wants us to be is that we've got to love one another. Paul says it this way that we've got to, doesn't say it exactly this way. If Andy was saying it, this is the way Andy would have said it through the spirit. We've got to put up with each other. But not only do we've got to put up with each other, we've got to enjoy putting up with each other. We got to love each other. I love God, but some of his children, you know, personality differences, political differences, socioeconomic differences, cultural differences. You think this way and I disagree with you. I got to love you and you got to love me. We got to love each other. By this, the children of God and the children of Satan are distinguished. That we do godly things and that we love God's people. That we do godly things and that we love God's people. This morning, God is love and that's amazing. We're thankful for that, but that's not easy. It's not an easy thing for us to be followers of a God who is the very essence of love. If we follow God, that means we follow love. You can't follow love if you're not going to love others. Okay, God. Okay, John. How do we do that? Well, Scripture answers us again. Let's, let's quickly go back to uh, chapter uh, 4, and let's read verses 19 through 21 before we move on to that. 4, 19 through 21. Uh, we love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. 
For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment that we found in him, that the one who loves God must also love his brother. And again, there's, there, there's a must there. There's not a, hey, this is a good idea. This, this might be beneficial to you. No, it's, it's I've got to love you. And, and again, we, we live in, man, we live in middle Tennessee. And, and, and I know we've got some people who from out of town here, but, but most of us are, are pretty similar. And it's, it's, it's fairly easy for us to, to get along but we've got to love Christians that are in other parts of the world that have lived completely different lives than we have lived and, and have a totally different background than we have. We, we've got to love one another. And again, it's, it's not optional. It's not, hey, it, it'd, it'd be better. It'd be a good idea if you guys would love each other. No, followers of God love each other, period. And if you don't love your brother who you can see, you don't love God who you can't see. That's what scripture says. So listen, I, I know some of y'all have been here your whole lives. You grew up with each other and, and stuff happens in life. I get it. But if we've got anything against one another, we've, we've got to figure that out. Because if I don't love you, if I don't love you, I don't love God. If we don't love each other, we don't love God. Okay, well, how do we do that? What's that look like? Okay, that's, that's an important question. Turn to chapter 3. Verses 16 through 18. First John 3, 16 through 18. It says, By this we have known love, that he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, Christian, children of God, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's so easy on Sunday mornings for us to come together and, and shake hands and pat each other on the back and say, hey, how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? So good to see you. I love you. And I think that's a good thing. I'm a hugger. I, I, think, that's a, I think it's a good thing to, uh, to have that physical touch and that emotional connection. I, I think that's a good thing. But, but love is more than an emotion, right? I mean, even the world's catching on to that, right? Well, love, love is more than emotion. Love, love is action. And, and God tells us through John, hey, don't just love each other with word or with, with your tongues. Don't just, don't just say, hey, I love you but do it in deed and, and do it in action. You know what that means? That means sometimes you'll have to do things that you don't want to do. Even this week, I found myself forcing myself to put this into practice. There was an activity that needed to be done. I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to participate in it. Did not want to be there. Had other plans. Those plans got canceled. And I had to force myself, Andy, you're a follower of God. Andy, you know this is a good thing to do. Andy, get up and go do it. I didn't want to do it. But I'm trying to love God. And if I love God, I've got to love others. And it's easy for me to say to you this morning as I stand before all of us, hey, I love you. And I mean it. But if I don't do something about that, Scripture seems to indicate I don't really love you. If I, don't, if I don't do more than that, then I don't really love you. And that's true for me, and it's true for you. The people in this corner and this corner and that corner and this corner and up in the balcony and down below, we got to love each other. 
And it's so good to come together and sing God is love and the greatest commandments and all these beautiful songs that are so encouraging. And God is love. But and, and, and maybe that's what we focus on so much is, is God loves us. And that's absolutely true. And the application of that is I love you. And the application of that is I'm going to do something for you and help you in some way. And all of us have to do that for each other. See, God is love is, is not a, a fluffy teaching of Scripture. It's the most challenging thing of Scripture. Oh, by the way, God also says, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Anybody who's in need. Oh, by the way, Jesus also says, hey, love your enemy and, and feed them and help them and through their, their difficulties. My, my enemy? Really? Those are folks I've got to help? You see, we, we have this, this, this love dilemma in reality. There's this dilemma that we, we know God is love and we're thankful for that. And we know what that means. We, we know that means I've got to love other people and, and love everybody. And, and we know what that means. I've got to actually help people and do things and interact and, and all the stuff that it involves. And that means getting down and dirty and inconvenient and you don't want to do it. Yes, it means all of that. We want the love of God. But if we don't love each other, if we don't love our neighbor, if we don't love our enemy then the love of God isn't really in us. And we can make so many excuses, but I've got this, but I've got that. I've got these other plans. I've got this other things, but don't you know who that person is and how they've treated me and treated other people? And, and they're not really this and they're not really what they need to be. And, and all of these, you could come up with so many excuses to not do the very thing you know you're supposed to do. And scripture tells us the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. So you can make all those excuses. I can make and have all those excuses as much as I want. And scripture tells me exactly what I'm doing. I'm sinning. I'm not doing the things that God wants me to do. Turn to the gospel of John, John 13. The gospel of John, that's on page 900 in your pew Bibles. John 13, that's three verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35, probably a, another one of those pretty familiar passages because it's about love. We like talking about that. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus here talking to his disciples, talking to the apostles. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of talk in, throughout my life and uh, maybe your life too about the uh, the distinctive nature of the church. That's a phrase that we sometimes use, the distinctive nature of the church. What's ma- what makes us different than anybody else? And there's some merit to that and a lot of things we could plug in there. But what's Jesus say the distinctive nature of the church is? We love each other. By this, all men, all people, everyone in the world will know that we're disciples of Christ if we have love for one another. You look to Acts chapter 2, you look to other places in Scripture, and we see that this love is... It's a radical love, and we get uncomfortable when we use that words like radical, but it's a, it's a radical love. I saw this, uh, this, this meme on, on Facebook. Maybe you guys have seen it on Facebook or other social media, uh, and it didn't say exactly this. I'm going to paraphrase it, uh, that the church in America looks too much like America. That the church, and let's just break that down even further because the church is made up of Christians. The Christian in America looks too much like America. And that's why the church is struggling in America. God never expected us to look like any nation, any culture, or any group of people. 
God simply asked us to look like Jesus. And Jesus loved radically. Jesus loved in ways that were uncomfortable, that were not what he would have chosen if he was looking for things that made him feel good, things that looked good, or things that made him look good. He denied himself over and over and over again for the benefit of the whole world. Turn to Romans chapter 5 as we close. Romans chapter 5. Verses 6 through 11, Romans chapter 5. Paul tells us, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates, he acts on his own love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we'll be saved by his life. And not only this, but also we boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have reconciliation. While we were enemies, while we were weak, while we were ungodly sinners, Christ demonstrated, God demonstrated his love by sending his son to die for us. We may talk about this further in the coming weeks, but we know, Philippians 2 tells us, but we we know that Christ giving up heaven was not convenient. It would not have been what you would have chosen, likely. Not what I would have chosen, likely. It didn't didn't come along with good feelings. It didn't come along with things that that looked good. I mean, you're leaving leaving heaven and coming to, to earth. And earth's great and creation's wonderful, but it's, it's no heaven. Uh, it, it didn't make him look good. He, he was born in a manger, lived a life that certainly wasn't in palaces or, or wealthy or anything that the world would look at and say successful. But God did the difficult thing in loving us enough to come to this world to die for us. This, this morning, who's God? Who's the God you worship? Who's the God you follow every day? 1 John 4, 16 simply says, God is love. We've talked about what that looks like, what that means, what that means to us today. And the challenge is, let's say, let's follow the God who is love. And that means we love others. We love the lost. We love our enemies. And we help those people around us. This morning, in your life, What are you struggling with that is in opposition to the idea of following a God who is love? What's in your life that's in opposition to to being who God would would have you to be, to being a a loving person to everyone you meet? What are the things that you need to, to remove from your life that you love too much and don't love God enough? We could all do better. And let's pray that we all do. Let's pray now. God, we come to you this morning and we are thankful for the fact that you are love and that you love us and that you sent your son to die for us so that we could have the hope of heaven. God, help us to understand and, and, and live in the realization and, and respond to the fact that your love comes with responsibilities. 
that you expect us to purify ourselves from things that we should not love, that you expect us to love you by loving others, even the ones of us who are difficult. Lord, we know that that means that we've got to do things that we don't want to do. We've got to deny ourselves and and live how you want us to live. Lord, we believe and we love you, but we pray that you will increase our faith and increase our love in you. Help us to love you more. Forgive us for our failures and help us to do better. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I hope you love me. I hope we love each other. I hope we love the lost. We're going to prove that by what we do starting now. You've been proving it maybe your whole life. But let's start again now to prove that we love God, that we love others, that we love one another by the things that we do and that we say and the way we treat people even now. If you have any needs this morning, I want you to understand, I really hope that you understand that these people here, these imperfect people here, love you despite your imperfection. And if you need to let us know about things that are going on in your life that you need to repent of and that you need help with, we want to help you. If you're struggling with something, we want to help you through that. If you're not a Christian this morning, God loved you enough to die for you. If you want to know more about that, Uh, then we want to study with you about that. If you believe that, you're ready to repent of your sins, confess Jesus as your Lord and be baptized into Christ where all of your sins are washed away. You rise up a new, perfectly clean creature who is able to follow after the God of love. Then we're ready to help you with that today too. If you have any needs at all, I invite you to come as we stand and sing.